the beauty of what we do is we really bring two humans together. It just hit a point where it just started growing. The, the culture of any organization comes from the people. You're listening to The Growth Show. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Growth Show. I'm Kip Bodner, CMO at HubSpot, and I'm thrilled to be joined by John Walski, the culture evangelist for Zappos Insights. Today, John's here to dish about Zappos' secret weapon, its company culture. John, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So, John, before we actually started the, the show today, you were telling me a little bit about your background and your story about how you got to Zappos, and I thought it was really fascinating. Why don't you share, would you mind sharing with the audience kind of what your road was, kind of your background, how you got to Zappos, and kind of what you've done over your, your time there? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, many, many years ago, uh, I worked in, in manufacturing, metal fabrication, uh, and that was really, really great. And then I moved to Las Vegas, and um, I didn't really have anything lined up. I, I moved to Las Vegas um, mostly for music, which is a hobby that I do. Um, and I found a, a call center job, and it was the world's worst company to ever work for. Um, but I worked in HR there. I moved up into training and things. And then I left that to do what I love, which is show production, audio work. And I was working concerts and conferences and all sorts of things. Uh, and I realized that at 30 years old, I should probably get real and get health insurance. Um, and that's what led me to Zappos. I didn't want to work in a call center again. I had done that before and it was such a bad experience. Um, but I kind of bit the bullet and I went to a job fair and was blown away by uh, HR coming in and doing skits to talk about culture at Zappos. And I kind of thought, wow, okay, well, this is neat. It's a bit like kindergarten, right? Um, but if it's half of what they say it is, it's going to be way different from other companies I've worked. And I started working in the call center doing customer service work and absolutely love the way that we focus on service. And I'm not a big shoe guy myself. So it really was about there's a culture that's backing this up. Your job is to say, how can I help you today? Figure that out and be real. So I absolutely fell in love with, with the culture at Zappos. And uh, after a year and a half in the call center, they tapped me on the shoulder and they said, you know, John, you're always, you're always kind of sharing with people about the culture. Uh, we have a new department that's forming called Zappos Insights that's going to be sharing um, essentially as a business offering with people from around the world that want to hear more. Uh, would, you like to, would you like to consider that? You don't have to, but we think you'd be a good fit. So I left the call center to become uh, the first full-time tour guide at Zappos. My job was developing a tour process and experience and uh, we now average 1,300 visitors a month to tour our campus, just a working office, to see the culture in action. And after growing that and handing it off to an amazing team that handles the tours, they said, John, you're always on stage, whether you're playing with a band, whether you're talking to customers or people in the hallway, uh, so we should put you on stage. And uh, we took a look at all the requests that we had to have somebody speak about organizational culture and customer service, and we said, we need to develop this offering as well. And everything we do, they are business lines for us, but it's about creating a great experience. And if we have people that are ready for you that can make this a great experience rather than uh, just give you a tour or just go and speak, you know, about, about what they might know, we have people in place um, to, to make it a wow experience. And we now actually have two full-time speakers along with a handful of, of managers who, uh, who might go out depending on the topic. Um, but for five years, I've just got to travel around the world and, and share about organizational culture and customer service. So if you thought you had the best job in the world, um, it's taken. <laughs> you, you totally have one of the best jobs of any person that I've ever talked to. It's a lot of fun. And I also think for everybody listening, you're an amazing example of personal growth. Somebody who's followed their passion, 
done amazing things and continue to open up new opportunities for themselves by doing that, which is phenomenal. So congrats on all that. Thank you. So when people think of company culture, they probably think of Zappos, but they also probably think of beer fridges and ping pong tables and catered lunch. But I get the sense that that's not really what company culture is all about. So first, give us a little background into what you think company culture is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And as I sit here doing this, I'm in a, in a, a conference room that has a, a ball pit built into it. So, um, But it's not the stuff, really. When you get to the heart of what culture is, um, my definition uh, is the attitudes, the feelings, the values, and behaviors that characterize and inform a group and its members. But if you take a step back from that definition... Um, it's who you really are. So the, com- the culture of any organization comes from the people uh, because really people make up your brand. It's not all slick marketing and um, products and services. Um, the people are really what's driving your wins, driving your success. Um, and then there's the stuff. And the stuff, you know, which is the beer fridges, the popcorn machines, um, really I think it, it exists in a lot of places, but it should come as a gen- genuine reflection of this is how we want to say thank you in the, the language of our culture. So we do have kind of some zany stuff that goes on, but it doesn't make the culture happen. It's a reflection or a way that, the, the, for us, Zappos gives back to us. One of our core values is to deliver wow through service. And that's just one way that the company does that in our direction. Okay, so you've, you've got a lot of people, a lot of executives listening to this show who are thinking about how they instill culture and values into their company. And... A lot of them are probably uh, running startups and really early on in all of this. What's your advice to them on how they should think about getting started? Yeah, it's never too early to start the conversation. Um, Obviously, somebody had an idea that started the company. Um, And so really look to the heart of that. Maybe what was the the pain point that they were looking to solve Um, in in the years or the time that you've been together? uh, What are some of the wins? Maybe what are some of the approaches behind the answers or innovations that you've come up with that have gotten you to where you are today. And then look at the people because you've got to say, culture isn't what I write down as the CEO. Culture is who we are and it needs to be the real deal. So two questions that I really encourage people to ask, really high level stuff, just ask somebody, what's the best part of your day? And then what's the worst part of your day? Don't bring them in your office and close the door and ask that question. But just in the conversation, before you even start saying we have to nail down the culture thing, Start taking the temperature. Feel what people value. And in the best part of your day is going to be something you value. Um, And then hopefully it's something they value that's present in your organization. Um, You might see that on the worst part of the day, it's something that that they value that's being violated. And that's an area that you can look at. If it's reasonable for the organization, let's alleviate that friction if we can. Cool. Okay. So when we think about culture... I think we often think about it in terms of employees and we often don't think about it through the lens of its role in helping a company grow and helping a company be successful. Talk to me about what you've seen firsthand at Zappos about the role of culture in company growth. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, just to, to go back in history a bit, if you look at some of the, the, the lists that we all look to, the uh, um, list of amazing companies um, that people think are promising and growing, and then you go back 50 years, and you'll find that there are a list of companies that don't exist anymore. And oftentimes their success, what put them on those lists that made them so promising was the business that they were doing. They didn't consider the culture that important, and they're not around. So really when you look at it, any organization has a culture. 
if you've never put a moment's thought into your culture, you have one. So if you already have one and you're going to have one regardless, why not put some energy behind it? So for us, it really has been. It wasn't from the very start of Zappos. It was six, six years in that we said we've got to define this. But there's kind of two steps to it. There's defining it, really defining it, not just throwing up fancy words that look great, figuring out who you really are, and then committing to it, making sure it's a part of every aspect of the business. Um, and it allows us to grow. It actually allowed us to scale. One of the main drivers for us defining our culture was that we were looking at doubling our headcount in the coming years. So it was 2005. And if we doubled our headcount, it was going to drastically change who we were as a company. So Tony Shea, our CEO, said, well, if we define this, we can then hire people who are aligned with it, and the culture doesn't have to change. And so 2005 to 2006, the entire organization was a part of defining it, and we have absolutely committed to hiring people into the organization based on their alignment with our values, not their ability to flex or change. And then we allow those 10 core values that we operate under our culture to guide the decisions of the organization. Um, and we still make really smart business decisions, but they're, they're driven by the behaviors that are called out in our values. So like, there's not one specific way that I can say the culture has been instrumental in our growth. Um, but I can only imagine if back in 2005, we hadn't taken the steps to define it, the company that you'd be talking to today, you might not even really want to talk to because it may have changed that drastically. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the underlying point here is if you're going to grow, you need people to grow and you can't grow a team of people effectively without a strong and well-defined culture. And the culture is kind of the backbone that supports that organization. Is that, is that kind of what you've seen through the, through the years? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like I said, you you have a culture. Um, and look at some of the companies. You know, if if you go on Glassdoor and you look at those companies that with really bad reviews, they may have really good business and they may be growing and and on the numbers and the bottom line, be a successful business. Um, but if if it's absolutely ruled by a dragon, you know, ultimately the village is going to burn. You talked about committing to the culture, and that seems to me like the really hard part. Sure, yeah, you first have to be mindful and think about what you want your culture to be, and not enough people do that. But it seems like committing to it. I mean, in your situation at Zappos, you guys have committed to it for you know years and years. How, how do you stick to that culture? How, how do you really commit to it as a business? How do you fund it? How do you invest in it? Yeah, so I mean, absolutely, the, the two steps define and commit. Commit is the harder one because you can do a really good job defining it. Uh, but what does it mean? So for us, committing to it really absolutely means that our number one focus as an organization is the culture first. And the culture then is going to take care of the employees, and the employees are going to take care of the customers' needs, which is going to take care of our business. Um, and you use the right word, though. It's invest. Um, and I think it, it's a mindset change that we had. Instead of looking at things that we do to deliver wow through service, which is one of our core values, instead of looking at the call center and the service opportunities as a cost or an expense, we actually look at them as an investment in, an, in the experience of the customer. Or the things that we do for our employees are an investment in the experience you have here as an employee, knowing full well that those investments will see a return because happy employees take care of customers well, happy customers take care of the business well. Um, so it really has been... Um, because of that commitment. And actually, when you come to work for Zappos, you sign a document along with all the other HR documentation that says, I understand that these core values, the culture of Zappos, is as important as the performance for my job, and that I can be coached based on the behaviors 
uh, if, there, if the alignment is no longer there. And I could be uh, terminated or I could separation from the company could exist because of a, a misalignment with the, the culture. Right. So you're not only just committing to actually having a great culture, you're holding everybody accountable for it. The, the next step of, of this whole thing to me is that I imagine the culture has changed over the years and you have a, you've had to made a, make a bunch of culture edits along the way. And I'd love to get a sneak peek at to maybe what one or two of those edits to the culture along the way have been. So we actually haven't uh, edited the culture or changed the values. Um, we're very aware that small changes occur, um, but our 10 core values themselves um, likely won't need to change for quite some time. So the values need to call out clear behaviors, and there's a lot that's covered in the behaviors that we've called out in our values. Um, we do know that how it's expressed uh, at, at times is going to change. So for instance, as we grow older and become more family-minded as, as individuals in the company, uh, obviously the way that we express that, that culture back to the employees is going to be more focused on family events. Um, but the backbone of the culture, those core values that we're going to hire all new family members on, it's, it's still the same. Um, and I think we're almost at 10 years now um, that they've been in place and, and they really haven't had to change. Okay, that's interesting. But you, I know you have also changed some of the way the company itself is structured and how the management works. And I think you guys, you know, in the not too distant past made a change to kind of flatten out the organization and really change how you guys view management. Could you talk a little bit about that? What, what was that experience like? Why did you decide to do that? Oh, absolutely. And so um, where there's a disconnect, I think a lot of people think is that this big system of governance that we've changed um, is the culture or is affecting the culture when really ultimately the culture is like the top line biggest thing. And this is a tool that we're using, a system that we're getting into. It's called holacracy. Um, and it is, changes the governance structure completely. So instead of having you know that one person that's, that's in charge of those multiple people who are in charge of more multiple people, who are in charge of more multiple people, um, and really ultimately what you end up getting is, is these people who are, their whole life is managing people in the company, um, but they're actually probably separated a bit from the work itself. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's hard then to really get aligned with how should the work really change? Um, if you're always asking for permission and somebody who hasn't maybe done the work in a couple of years is the one that says yes or no, and they don't know how it needs to change. So holacracy organizes around the work rather than around the team structure and people. Although there are still groups and that, you know, typically a team or a department uh, becomes a circle and everything's organized by circles. But instead of having one manager um, who needs to keep, keep the, maybe it's 10 people, all 10 people's work in mind to manage them on that work, the team, the circle gets together and manages the work. So any concern you have about work that is being done or isn't being done or how it's being done, uh, you get together and you discuss as a team. So there's not that one person who has to understand everything that's going on, um, has to be on top of projects, has to ride people to get things done. It's really if your work affects my work and it's not being done, I can bring that up and we can manage this together to come up with an output that is how is that going to be fixed. Um, and so I think it's going to really um, help the organization to become more agile or just more quick to implement change um, and change on every level because instead of having to go through so many layers to get things to, to, to a yes, if you own the work, you make the decision, give it a try. And then we've always really been about um, embracing and driving change. It's core value number two. And 
what that means is we want you to try things. Um, we want you to be adventurous, creative, and open-minded. That's core value number four. Um, we want you to try things, and then if they don't work, learn from them. And the only time that we really consider something a failure is if you didn't learn why something didn't work. And this just formalizes that uh, as as this is the structure that we're using. Um, instead of telling you this is what we want you to do, and then kind of getting lost in the bureaucracy or the shuffle. Do you have a crazy story about a lucky break you had or a comeback story in business? We'd love to hear about it. Record a voice memo on your phone, send it to growthshow at hubspot.com with your name, and you could be featured on a future episode. Okay, so you talked about this holacracy format making change and being being kind of open to flexibility, but were there challenges in implementing it? Like what was the hardest thing about implementing this change or was there something that's super easy that you didn't expect? I'd love to hear kind of at the ends of that experience what what you observed. Oh yeah, I mean I think the hardest part is is that we have 1600 human beings working for Zappos um, and, and we all have worked in the old structure for so long that no matter how much you might understand um, the purpose of moving into this new structure, you know how to work in the old structure. And while this new structure gives you freedom uh, to own your roles, uh, it, it takes a while to get used to that. You know, and, and there's there's still no harm in asking for help, right? But uh, I think that one of the biggest kind of concerns that we had or issues in, in implementing it um, was really getting people to see how this is different from the old structure uh, and letting go. And you know, I was part of a pilot project that, that a couple of years ago, we had a group that was involved to see if this structure, if we thought it would work before we went to the larger implementation. And there was a time where I totally understood what the structure was and we were, we were sort of operating in it, but we were sort of operating in the old structure. And it was really frustrating uh, because you're, you're, you're giving me ownership, but then, but then I'm still always being checked up on by this manager. And it wasn't until I think those folks who, who were managers in the old structure, and when they realize I have to let go of this, mm-hmm. for us to really see if this is going to work, I have to let go of it. And I, I almost felt uh, like like the pressure just release. And I don't know if a group of them that got together and had a meeting and talked about it, or, or, or they just all came to the realization at the same time. But it really got into this flow of okay, let's really check this out, and you really own your work, um, and let's go. And so freedom obviously can be can be kind of kind of scary. Um, but I think for, in my opinion, it was really the management folks, anybody who had a manager in their title, um, being willing to, to, to just let it flow off for a second and let's really see if this works. Um, and I think it really has. As far as what's worked, um, you know, we, we're getting the whole company into the structure right now. So uh, we're focused a lot on <laughs> implementation and learning. Um, again, with 1,600 people and a change of this size, uh, we didn't expect to snap our fingers and have it done. Um, but I think what, what a lot of people are starting to realize is um, it's not chaos and it's not, you know, just opening up the gates for, for anybody to do anything or to do nothing and keep a job at Zappos. We've, we've getting into a flow and a, and a rhythm where we understand now here's a system we're using and it requires some learning and it requires some patience on everybody's part. But ultimately, it's going to be good for everybody. So I think the light at the end of the, end of the tunnel for me uh, is as people get kind of eased into it and really kind of release what they, what they used to do. 
Um, I think it could be pretty amazing. We're also not set on this particular structure as the end-all be-all. It's what we're getting into now to make that self-management, self-organization a reality at Zappos. And we know that as we grow into it and get really get doing it, if it needs to change, we'll address that and we'll make sure that we aren't just staying with the system um, because it's the one that we started with. Got it. So that begs the question. You just said this isn't going to be the end-all, be-all. We're, we're data dorks here at HubSpot, and we'd love to know, how are you going to know if this new structure is successful? Do you have any ways that you're going to measure it, any reporting in place? So like, how do you know a year from now if this was the right thing to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say um, a year from now we'll have a lot of great data. <laughs> so as of right now, I think really we're still in such a stage of getting people into it um, that um, we just hold sessions and, and, and ask for feedback and um, we'll learn as we grow and, and some teams latch onto it and they t- take off and then some teams are slowly you know, stepping into the pool instead of jumping right in. Um, so right now I'd say the data is a work in progress. <laughs> so, um, but definitely in like a year we will have a lot more information on uh, general sentiment, how it works, has it sped up our productivity and or innovation, um, all the things that we're kind of hoping that it will do and we really expect that it can. Um, we don't have a solid answer right now. So we're just really working on easing people into it. Cool. But, but it seems like what you're really going to do is look at some, some form of like an employee net promoter score and feedback loop as well as kind of core business metrics and velocity. And you'll have some things that are a little trickier to measure like pace of innovation and everything. But you're, you're kind of weighting a bunch of important factors is what it seems like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And there's folks here that are, that are already, you know, have in place what they, what they want to track and measure. And uh, um, we just don't have anything conclusive. So <laughs> we don't have anything to share. Got it. So, when we when we think about company culture, how do you how do you balance focusing on company culture and actually running the company itself? There are probably a lot of people listening to this that are like, hey, you know, it's great, but Zappos has sixteen hundred employees. I've only got sixty in my business, and we're we're working and doing all we can just to keep the business going. How do we do this culture thing too? So, what advice do you give to people on how to? how to find the balance of being able to focus on culture as well as kind of the core business objectives that they're trying to do day to day and month to month. Yeah. I I think the the most important thing to remember is, is no matter how um, big or small the team is, no matter how absolutely packed you feel your day is um, there's time in your day to consider the culture. Um, If you have 60 people in your organization, you have 60 people who are agents for change and and for driving the culture. Uh, It shouldn't fall on one person. It shouldn't be a project. Um, if if identifying or creating or defining the culture um, just comes down as a mandate from from the top and rolls downhill, we all know uh, what rolls downhill, right? So um, it's not snowballs. Um, so it really needs to be like the conversation needs to be opened up uh, that we don't have the answers yet. Um, and the approach needs to be that we need you to help us with the answers. And it can be as simple as asking people to write down those things that that happened during the week that maybe reflected the best parts of the culture. And, you know, if you have a meeting, if some guy comes by and they swing by and, and they're asking for a report that isn't due for two days, but they're being kind of a real jerk about it, um, you can write that down as a, hey, you know, that expectation is, is clearly set, but then somebody's asking for something around the expectation. That's not making this a great work environment. Write that down because that's something you might want to keep an eye on. But then somebody comes by um, and they do something 
out of the ordinary or, or that's not related to the business aspect. Um, they remember that your kid had a baseball game on the weekend and they ask you about it. Those personal touches, write those down. Those things that are the best part of your day, those things that make you think, man, this is why I stay around here and not go to some competitor. So it can be just start the conversation, get people to start thinking about it actively. Uh, and when I, I give speeches to thousands of people and I say, who's busy, you know, who here would say they're busy, they all throw their hands up. But the truth is you have that time in your day, five, 10 minutes to compile, hey, what happened today? And, and, and what do I think was, was valuable to the positive or to the negative um, that I could keep track of? For us at Zappos, it was really Tony sent an email to the entire company just saying, we're afraid we're going to lose this when we grow and we're growing. It's definitely going to happen. Um, so what are the values and behaviors that you see here at Zappos? When you think of that person that embodies our brand and it was an email. So we were all still working. We're still getting the job done, still growing the business, but you took the time out of the, out of your day to maybe compile it on a notepad, maybe start a word document. And then you can send your feedback in and say, here's what I think makes up our company. So the investment of time needs to be there. Not a lot, but the understanding that you do absolutely have the time to do it and that 100% of the organization needs to be a part of, of that decision. So I think, you know, it doesn't stop work from happening. I actually think when people really get involved and they start to see their input is taking, is taking shape in, in defining the culture, it can only help to spur productivity because now I'm not just somebody that does a job uh, that to generate revenue, but I'm somebody that's part of something bigger. We, we get to that idea of purpose and, and they want to make this a, a great place for me that I'm a part of rather than someplace that I come to get a paycheck. So 10 years from now, company culture. Right now, I feel like there are very few companies you think about when you think about a really good company culture. In 10 years from now, will, will that be the same or will cu- culture no longer be a differentiating factor because every company will actually have a good and thoughtful and purposeful culture? So, I mean, I think it's kind of, it's kind of a... a, a a yes, yes question. Um, because every organization has the opportunity to define their own unique culture, um, it will still remain a differentiator for attracting great talent. Um, you know, the very nature of culture is, is that is that the people need clear expectations. Um, brands will still be fighting for that spot in the customer's heart. Um, and so the customers that are aligned with the culture of an organization will continue to do business with that organization. Um, you know, people will, will always prefer those businesses that are that are like-minded to their personal values, whether it's in their face or not, if they just get a sense when they're when they're doing business with you. Um, so yeah, I think it still will, will definitely be valid in, in 10 years. Um, and again, the yes, yes part is because culture really shouldn't be some homogenous statement that's crafted um, from some other organization, right? So one of the big things that we uh, tell people when they come through for our training events or when we give speeches is, is we're going to talk about what we do because that's what we know. Uh, what's really uh, most valuable is the approach. Why have we made culture so important? Um, and then how do you start taking those steps to define your own culture? And they should be reflections of the people that are making your brand successful. Um, and that's that's ultimately what your brand really is. So our CEO, Tony Shea, uh, has a great quote, and that's your culture and brand are two sides of the same coin. Instead of putting together a slick brand image to the world and then they experience something different when they do business with you, um, you should just develop a, a company culture that's true and live that. And that becomes kind of that, that brand image because it's real. Well, John, it's been awesome to sit down with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to everybody who listened. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Growth Show. As always, if you know someone who would enjoy the show, please share our iTunes link with them. We'll see everybody next time. 
If you've enjoyed hearing from John and want to learn more about Zappos, head over to readthink.com to learn more about their culture.